All right, what is up and welcome back to the Build a Better You podcast. I'm your host, Austin Chan, and today we are going to be discussing a slightly, I want to say intermediate to advanced topic. So we're going to be talking about resistance profiles. So if you're unfamiliar with this term, resistance profiles, it's going to be a bit more involved in like, um, especially as you're turning more into like an intermediate to advanced lifter, this is when resistance profiles are going to come more into play in terms of exercise selection, you know, exercise sequencing, and just overall like, um, pro like exercise programming in general, like you're gonna have to pay a bit more attention to certain exercises and how they affect, you know, the way you lift, um, what exercises you put into order the sequencing and just all that good stuff. It gets a little bit more nuanced when you start to program exercises. I know when you first start out and like this myself included when I first started out, like I could literally get away with doing any types of exercises just because my uh, the stimulus of weight training was so new to my body that like I could literally do whatever I want and I would see adaptations, I would see progress, I would just literally add pounds and pounds of strength and muscle and I mean not not even muscle but just pounds and pounds of strength Uh, muscle building takes a lot longer than strength gains but just pounds and pounds of strength were added to my lifts like just within like like on a week-to-week month-to-month basis and it just like you just see a lot of progress in that initially just because like I said weight training is just so new to your body that like literally anything will like cause a bunch of like growth and progress when you first start out and this is why like People say that, you know, that first year that I started training, I just saw a ton of progress. And all of a sudden, like after that first year, I just stopped seeing progress. And this is when it kind of has to become more nuanced, especially if you've been like training hard and consistent for that first year. If you're applying progressive overload, if you're doing, you know, solid movements like, you know, squat, hinge, push, pull movements, then you're going to see a lot of gains. And especially if you pay good attention to form and you're really focused on and you have like a decent program, like you're not like following anything crazy and doing like 50 sets per workout you're just following a solid program of like three to five exercises per workout and you're focused really on improving those key lifts and focusing on adding pounds onto those lifts like i said Uh, whether that's like five pounds whether that's adding like one or two reps every session that's like small like small these small changes do add up over time and it's just about compounding those effects over time so yeah, that, that's like pretty much the basics in terms of, you know, progressing in the gym or progressing on your lifts. Um, doesn't matter if you're in the gym or if you're at home working with weights and resistance bands. But as long as you are striving to progress from workout to workout, from week to week, from month to month, to month then you're going to see progress. And that is one of the key indicators of if you're actually like building muscle. Like there's literally no way around it. The only physical way you can lift more weight especially when you're doing good movements is that you're literally building more muscle tissue and that's what allows you to lift more weight. A bigger muscle is going to be a stronger muscle. So with all that being said, um, we're going to get into resistance profiles. Basically, what are they? You know, how can you use this in your training? And uh, yeah, basically just um, dive into a bunch of topics regarding that, you know, why we use uh, resistance profiles why do they like actually matter why can't we just do the same exercises end on end and like expect a ton of progress and how do they kind of like play an overall role in um exercise programming because this is something that definitely like within the past year uh, i've made like marginal like growth and 
knowledge gains in this area. Like, bef- like not to say that like my exercise programming was terrible per se, like last year, like two years ago, but it has just gotten so much better within the past year. And, you know, knowing more uh, through like um, the N1 education courses and just following other like good anatomical and biomechanical like educated coaches. So yeah, without further ado, we'll head into the topic of this podcast. I'll stop rambling on about like random stuff and I'll try to keep myself dialed in on my list of uh, topics to go over within resistance profiles. So firstly, we have to discuss how is muscle built before we even talk about resistance profiles and like how to manipulate that in order to um, maximize or improve muscle growth. We have to talk about how is muscle built. So firstly, we we have to talk about like muscle doesn't necessarily know how much weight you're lifting. Like, you know, when you're doing those like dumbbell bench press, let's say when you're doing dumbbell bench press with like 30 pound dumbbells, like your first week, your muscle doesn't know, oh, that's 30 pounds. And then the next week you're doing 35. So it doesn't know 35. It just knows this is about, this is this much tension. And I mean, when you really think about it, this is kind of off topic, but when you really think about it, like all of the numbers that we use in our everyday lives, all, all of them don't really have any significant meaning. It's just we as humans apply significant meaning. Like if you think about an inch, an inch is literally just a made up distance for all of us to keep track of distance and just measurements. Um, you know, pounds, like we we don't care. Like no one like really cares about what like one pound is. It's just that that has given us an ability to quantify things in everyday life so that we can use them for however we want to manipulate them because we're humans and we just want simply you know we want deeper meanings for a lot of things and so we associate these numbers with different uh things for us to keep track of just to give a bit more tangibility rather than you know this is this much amount of weight this is this much amount of distance it gives us a kind of like mental image of what these distances what these weights uh, yeah, what all this stuff means. So yeah, back to what we're talking about. Basically, your muscles, like really at a fundamental standpoint, they don't know what, like how much weight you're lifting. They don't know the difference between 30 pounds and 50 pounds. They just knows this feels heavier, so I'm going to have to exert more force against it to lift that weight. So basically, it doesn't care. All it senses is tension. And the way it senses tension is through these little things called mechanoreceptors. So your body has a bunch of these like um, different types of receptors. So there are receptors for certain hormones, for certain endorphins in your body, for certain like um, vitamins and minerals, for certain like nutrients in your body, let's say in your digestive system. And these are just all littered throughout your entire body. And different receptors are going to obviously recept uh, different things and pick up different things. And they're shaped in a specific way so that they only match up with specific compounds and so um within your muscle specifically we have mechanoreceptors so mechano stands for mechanics and receptors stands for receptors so these are receptors that basically sense mechanical tension within your muscles so this is going to be like if you think about it your muscles are just like like mechanical levers they just pull two points in your body closer together usually two bones or two parts of of a bone um, closer together and that's basically how muscles work so it senses this through mechanical receptors so obviously the heavier something is the uh the more it receives that um 
signal as tension and then the more kind of like muscle fibers it's going to recruit and so it lifts more weight because your body goes from small to large in terms of motor units and in terms of muscle fibers um, not necessarily muscle fibers but more recruiting more muscle fibers so these motor units like i mentioned a few seconds ago these are basically what innervates from your brain to your nervous system to your yeah your brain and your spinal cord are part of your nervous system and that basically kind of innervates into your muscles so basically every time let's say you tell yourself to do a bicep curl that's your brain sending a signal to do a bicep curl so and it sends it through these things called motor units so that way it sends all the way down your muscles and it tells you to actually lift the weight and we actually have different sizes of motor units so smaller motor units are going to recruit a fewer number of muscle fibers and bigger motor units are going to recruit a larger amount of muscle fibers and this is because your body um, likes to be efficient this is all comes down to efficiency like if we think about it the human body is literally programmed to be super lazy and the laziest laziest it can be as possible so when we think about this from a mechanic standpoint your body wants to be the laziest it can be so it's not going to waste a tender energy you know recruiting a bunch of muscle fibers to lift like a five pound dumbbell it's going to use the least amount of energy it can to lift however much amount of weight it's going to lift so when we're talking about um, mechanical tension in terms of hypertrophy or muscle growth we want to be recruiting these larger motor units because that's what's ultimately going to sense enough mechanical tension that's the part go that's going to trigger like all of the muscle growth and hypertrophy processes uh, within your body because those are like kind of like the higher motor end units where like when they're activated then your body is like oh this stuff this shit is actually pretty heavy and we probably need to um, adapt and you know build more muscle build more strength for next time so because uh fundamentally your body is just a mechanism for survival and so when you lift something heavy enough that your body senses that that could be a danger to its survival because we're not strong enough we're not muscular enough to lift that thing and so this is why i say exercise is one of like the coolest things ever because when you put things into perspective it's kind of like programming like near-death experience um for lack of like a better phrase that one i literally just came up with that, with that right now but for lack of better phrase it's literally kind of like programming like near-death experiences because if you but and and like when we think about like modern gyms a lot of this stuff is built in safety so we're not going to be dying or we're not going to be getting seriously injured because all of these machines have a lot of safety mechanisms in case you do train a failure and you can't lift the weight but it's pretty much like programming like near-death experiences so that it's tough enough for your body to yeah it's tough enough so that your body isn't dying or getting seriously injured but it's also tough enough that your body is like oh shit we almost died from this so we are going to adapt and get stronger so and this is like built upon obviously multiple sessions of weeks and months and years if you want to like improve that much but that's basically how muscle building like works in a nutshell and as far as mechanical tension goes it's it's not those like first few reps that matter. Again, it's about recruiting those higher level motor units because if you think about like you can lift a five pound dumbbell probably all day and you wouldn't get you know much much of a stimulus from that, uh, especially if you're like really strong. It's gonna take a lot of reps of a five pound dumbbell in order to get you like 
closer to that point of recruiting higher level motor units. And when we talk about like, and some people might be confused as to like, so how do I know if I'm recruiting those higher level motor units? And so one of the easiest ways to tell is by training close enough to failure. So most of the research right now points to if you were to train to true failure, so let's say you aim to do, you know, 10, 10 reps to failure and you're lifting, say, 100 pounds. So you're lifting 100 pounds for 10 reps. And let's say you get to those 10 reps. Failure means you get to those 10 reps and you cannot do another good rep with good form. So reaching, if you reach to true failure, the, most of the research shows that if you reach the true failure, that is equivalent to about five effective reps. So the first five you do, one, two, three, four, five, those reps don't really feel pretty hard. Like if you think about that, not even just from like the science perspective, but from the point of like the physiological feeling of, you know, lifting some, some weight and you're doing a set of 10, the first, yeah, four or five, you're like, this is pretty easy. I've got this. And then it's usually those last few ones where you're like, damn, this is pretty hard. I'm really having to push myself and really grinding myself to to push out those last few reps and like it takes a lot of concentration it takes a lot of physical and psychological energy to concentrate and really push yourself to grind out those reps and one of the biggest indicators is um rep velocity so this is basically how fast those reps are moving and in a short of a nutshell like when you think about those last few reps that you're grinding out they're moving really slow and like no matter how hard you're pushing, you're pushing, you're probably pushing as hard as you can. You're pushing for, you know, like if you have to bet your life on it, you're like, I'm pushing as hard as I can. Like there's literally no way I'm not slacking in any way. Like these moves, these reps move very slow regardless of how hard you're pushing. So that's a, a good way to kind of gauge how close you are to failure, like how fast those last few reps move. And yeah, and, and a good way to kind of tell if you're training hard enough is to definitely film yourself in the gym. And this is something I highly recommend to clients. Um, this is why, this is actually one of the biggest um, pros I'd say to is like working with a personal trainer. Like especially like me when I'm working with my in-person clients, I tell them, I'm like, like those last few reps like looked really easy. And even though like I know for a fact, I know that even if you were doing a pretty hard set that like, you felt like it was the end of the world. You felt like it was super hard, but like the truth is like it wasn't very hard. Like I know for a fact that if I filmed it and replayed it to you, you'd be like, wow, I look like I had like three or four more reps in the tank because that, and, and that's how you can tell, but based on rep velocity, like it's, it's like, I'm not saying that a lot of people are lying when they say I was training very hard. It's like, obviously all of us, we think we're training pretty hard to a certain degree. Um, like, Obviously, when you're under all that weight, you're like, man, this is pretty damn hard. I'm pushing as hard as I can. But when you look at it from an objective perspective, like that's just purely from a subjective perspective. Obviously, all of us under that weight, we're like, we feel it's pretty hard. We feel that burn. We don't, it's not, it's definitely not a pleasant sensation sometimes. But when we look at it objectively, like when we have a reel of us like getting played back to us and we actually look at it from an objective perspective like when we're not like under it feeling all those emotions feeling all those like physiological feelings that our body is giving us like when we look at it without all those feelings we actually see ourselves like that's not very hard so if you ever have doubts as to whether you're training hard enough 
I would always recommend filming your sets, filming your working sets, obviously, not your warm-up sets, but filming the sets that you're like, I'm pushing myself these sets and take a look at it and be really honest with you. You're like, does that look really hard? Does that, is that like truly as hard as it felt while I was doing them? And this is a surefire way to tell if you're actually training hard enough. But yeah, so, uh, random tangent aside, uh, we're going to go back to the uh, effective reps. So yeah, the last five reps to failure are pretty much the effective reps. So with this in mind, it doesn't matter whether you do five reps to failure or 30 reps to failure. Like as long as you hit those like last five reps, then you are going to get enough so-called like effective reps toward muscle growth. And this is also why you can't be like one rep maxing all the time and expect to get like really big and jacked. Like you can get pretty damn strong just doing one rep maxes all the time. Although I don't, I really don't recommend that just because it's hard to kind of give it your all for just one rep every single time you're doing sets. But yeah, that, that's just, that's simply the truth. Like you have to get enough of these effective reps if you want to see a good amount of muscle growth. And that's basically how mechanical tension works. And then, you know, when you get enough of these effective reps, then that's what kind of triggers all of the muscle growth properties and kicks off all the processes that um, ultimately lead to adding more muscle protein to your muscles so that they either get longer or they get bigger. So that's basically how muscles built in a nutshell. Hopefully all of that made sense. If that didn't, always feel free to reach out, uh, shoot me an email uh, be sure to mention the name of this podcast in the subject lines just so I know where you're coming from and what specific questions you have. So yeah, that's how bustle is built. Um, as for why, now let's get into why we use different exercises for muscle growth. So if you have ever listened to like old school bodybuilders, they'll say like, yeah, we use different uh, exercises because uh, like obviously sometimes you're just bored and you just want to feel different exercises a different way. But other times... Um, you have old school bodybuilders, they'll say things like, yeah, we just want to hit the muscle at a different angle. And they were actually onto something at that point. Uh, granted, like 30, 40 years ago, um, they didn't have much of a good understanding of anatomy and biomechanics and all that uh, versus how we do now. So, But now we have kind of a way to um, know more about like how to qu- actually quantify and qualify these like sensations and feelings people were feeling back then because the body human body hasn't changed all that much in the past few hundred years but with technology and um just a better understanding of more things we are able to kind of quantify and qualify more things and actually put them into like the specific mechanisms and like finding out the actual uh thought process and the reasons behind like why we why people said things the way they did before, you know, why things feel a certain way like this, why things work better, why things, why other things work worse. So yeah, that's why we use different exercises for muscle growth. It's to hit a di- them from a different angle, but what they really meant um, back then, and as we have a better understanding now, is that different regions of your muscles are going to be stimulated by how it is, um, moving against a certain resistance so an easiest example i can think of is a dumbbell lateral raise so pretty much a lot of people know what that is it's the one where you just lift the dumbbells right out to your side and basically if we think about a dumbbell lateral raise the way that gravity works gravity works from up to down it just drags things straight down and if we think about dumbbell lateral raise 
a dumbbell is going to be manipulated by the direction of gravity, so it's just mainly one direction. And as you do a lateral raise, you're pushing your hands out to the side. At the bottom, it doesn't feel very hard because it's just pulling your hands down and all you're doing is just holding it. But it gets the most challenging as you go higher and higher. So it's not very hard when you come like a little bit out to the side, but it gets really, really hard the further up you go. So when we talk about the resistance profile, that means it's going to have an ascending resistance profile. Ascending just means going up as you go, as you do the movement. So at the very bottom, it's not very hard. And then as you go more into the movement, it gets harder and harder. And it's very hardest at the very top when you're trying to hold that dumbbell out directly to the side. And that's basically what we mean by resistance profiles. And for that, for the dumbbell lateral rate, it's going to have an ascending because it gets harder as you go more into the movement. For something like a cable lateral raise where you set it really low, um, as you're trying to do that same lateral raise, you will feel that like at the very bottom it's harder, and through the very like through the mid range of the motion, it's gonna be hardest, and then at the very top it kind of like levels off a little bit. So in this case, it would have an inverted U resistance curve. So if you think about the or yeah, inverted U or kind of like a bell shape. So, so it's going to have a bell-shaped resistance curve, which means that if you think about like just the shape of a bell, the start of the resistance isn't very hard. And then as you get into kind of that mid position, it's going to get very hard. And then it goes back down a little bit as you get up to the very top. And this is because cables are, you're able to manipulate the resistance profile so that it's harder at different uh, parts of the range of motion. And again, the reason why we do this is because your muscles are going to sense tension in a different resistance. So that means it has to build certain parts of the muscle to accommodate that range of motion. So like if you were to just do dumbbell lateral raises, like obviously you're going to make great medial delt gains because you're still doing the movement that the medial delt is performing. But if you do want to maximize that muscle growth, then you're going to have to uh, do other like variations of that lateral raise that manipulates the uh, resistance profile so that it trains different areas of the muscle and so that it gets bigger. And also from just kind of like a boredom standpoint, like doing the same exercises over and over again, it can get boring. So it's just fun to mix it up from time to time. Although that shouldn't be like your goal. You shouldn't be constantly mixing it up. You don't need to constantly be confusing your body as a lot of trainers say. You just need to like follow a solid program. And typically the way I program is anywhere from eight to 12 weeks. And this is a good amount of time to see like your progress through in terms of like your program, if it's working or not. You know, it's enough time to progress on certain exercises. And honestly, I find that that's kind of like that sweet spot of where like people kind of get start to get bored of the current program that they're following. Uh, certain people that I've worked with and also myself, like I can do the same program for months. And like I, the longest I followed a program was like sometime over a year. And I just don't get bored. Like as long as I know I'm constantly adding weight to my lifts, like I'm progressing, then I don't get bored. So uh, there's that. But yeah, in terms of like an exercise selection standpoint, it's just good to like switch it up from time to time. And sometimes when your body is just used to that st like constant stimulus all the time and like 
yeah, again, people blow this way out of proportion. Like, you don't need to be changing your workouts constantly, like, week to week, or even every single, like, different, like, session, you're constantly changing, like, the exercises for the same body part. But you you do need to change it, like, eventually. You don't have to change it constantly because then you're just not allowing your body to actually get trained and adapt because, like anything, muscle building, building strength, it's a skill. And in order to improve a skill, you need to practice doing it. So, so yeah, and, like, you don't, like, if you were, if you wanted to get better at running, you don't go swimming one day and biking the next. You practice, like, actually running because that's the movement pattern you want to teach your body to get better at and you want to practice the, uh, the skills and, like, the, like, the little, like, motor unit things in order to, like, improve your run, like, you know, like, your stride length and, like, the way you land and, like, the way you take off and, like, the, the whole thing the whole thing with like running mechanics i'm not an expert in that but yeah the whole thing is like you want to be practicing those like little things and like every single thing in order to optimize your running mechanics and the same goes for muscle building and strength building you want to be practicing all the little things in order to optimize your ability to build muscle and build strength so practice a skill but you know it's good it's okay to change it up but like not too often so yeah i would say stick to a program for at least 8 to 12 weeks and from there, you know, gauge whether you, if you're still making progress, then you don't need to change, but you can change. But if you're not making progress, then it might be a time for a change. And that's one of the uh, many factors that I look into when I'm programming for clients. It's like, are they, do they have their nutrition in check? You know, do they have their recovery process in check? And then after I've played around with all those variables, then we think about changing up the exercises. Because, again, your body gets used to that stimulus and... When we think about that from a hypertrophy standpoint, your body gets used to that stimulus because that one part of the muscle group is just being trained again and again, and you've probably just maxed out gains for that specific part of the muscle like for that period. And that's not to say like you'll never make gains again like doing dumbbell lateral raises, but you just you might just need to take some time away from it. That part's probably not going to get stronger unless you get the other part stronger because your muscles like even though there are different regions they're all kind of interconnected and they all support one another so you just might need to take some time away from the dumbbell lateral raise probably do some uh, cable lateral raises from different directions in order to uh, work on that different part of the muscle and maybe the next time you come back around the dumbbell lateral raises they just all of a sudden they like shoot up you just shoot up in terms of strength that's because you spent some time away you spent some time building other building up other parts of the regions of the muscle and that's basically uh, why resistance profile matters for muscle growth and why we use like different exercises. So in terms of like exercise selection, like these days, I just typically stick to dumbbells, cables, and machines because I find that these are the best in terms of allowing you to manipulate the resistance profile. Like cables, like cables are by far like the number one thing. Like if you were building a home gym, I would say the number my number one recommendation is to get yourself a functional trainer. And those are like the machines with like um, with like cables where you can adjust the arms, the different heights, different widths, and all that. So uh, definitely recommend picking up a functional trainer if you're trying to build a home gym. But yeah, cables are by far like that's probably the one thing that I will like always have in a program, just because um, not only is it like a good like piece of machinery that like you can manipulate to fit a lot of people's structures, and they're just easily manipulated. 
And that way you can easily fit people structures. Like I said, you can also easily change up the resistance profile to target the muscle at different lengths, like super easily, like, you know, twist the body a little bit, position the arms or the legs a certain way. And like all of a sudden you have, you have a completely different feeling uh, for that exercise or just different mechanics, which will lead to different feelings. But yeah, you just have a completely different mechanics for the exercise and all of a sudden like you just make these small little tweaks and it's just you don't need to get another machine you don't need to do a completely different exercise it's just like the sim it's like sometimes it's a very similar exercise and all you have to do is to manipulate the positioning a little bit and then yeah all of a sudden you have a completely different stimulus and feeling for that exercise so that's why i like cables um yeah, as far as uh, resistance profiles, yeah, different exercises will stimulate the muscle at different lengths. Sorry, I'm just reading my notes right now. So, yeah, um, yeah which causes different areas of the muscle to grow. Um, yeah, went over this a little bit. So, dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, um, those are kind of like a little bit lower on my list. Not to say that they don't have their time and place for um, programming, but those specific pieces of equipment the only way they're manipulated is by gravity and it's going to be very hard unless you put your body in these weird positions but gravity only moves from up to down and so it's going to be really hard especially unless you like position your body at a certain angle um this is why like sometimes incline like benches can help a lot just the way like you can shift your body so that um gravity is going to be affecting that muscle in a different manner um but yeah these days like dumbbells are definitely better than barbells um kettlebells are just kind of weird in my opinion so i don't really program much with those uh but yeah kettlebells can also be good um but dumbbells for the most part i like them the most out of like all of the free weight equipments just because they fit a lot of people's structures better you're not fixing yourself to one straight bar so you're allowing like um independent side movements and this is especially something that i've dealed with um was that like I was getting shoulder pain just because I was doing a lot of barbell bench pressing and just over the years of trying to do that, it just like nagged my shoulder a lot. And like, like many people, I am not perfectly symmetrical. So like, that's why I caused shoulder pain. Like my right arm is shorter than my left arm. So with that, like imbalance in there already, like just doing something that like puts it under a lot of load will just make it worse. And then ever since I switched to dumbbell pressing and just strictly dumbbells, cables, machines, like I've literally had my shoulder pain gone go away. So um, that's something to attest for it. And like just simply programming for my clients as well. Like they find that like a lot of their chronic pains that they were getting from like doing a lot of barbell movements like have gone away as well just because like barbells just simply don't fit a lot of people's structures. Like including, and I am, I am one of those people. So I can attest to that. So yeah, yeah. Um, dumbbells yeah i love dumbbells but they are kind of limited again in like how you can manipulate the resistance because again gravity only moves a certain way whereas cables like cables are gonna pull in the direction of the cable obviously so being able to use cables you can actually get so much more out of like different movements and you can make it like move literally however which way you want and especially if you get, get a good functional trainer, like you can adjust those cables in any single direction to get whatever movement you want to position your body however you want and then like get those cables to pull in whichever way direction uh, depending on what movement you're trying to do. So yeah, and then machines also, they um, depending on the way they're built, like they can also help with um, changing up the resistance profile uh, 
in terms of yeah in terms of like the resistance direction like if you think about a chest press like you're able to sit down upright rather than like a like a lying down uh, dumbbell bench press like you have to lie down because gravity moves down and if you want to work the pecs and you have to push in that direction but for like let's say a machine chest press like you're able to sit down in the machine in a more natural position where you're sitting upright versus lying down and you're able to just push the machine and then especially if, if you have access to a um, converging chest press this allows you to actually train the pecs in there it's actual range of motion where it comes together so that also helps a lot in terms of uh, being able to manipulate resistance profiles and also machines allow for like constant tension throughout the range of motion whereas sometimes with um, dumbbells the way it's gravity works the way your joints work it like the resistance kind of just drops off and it doesn't feel very hard in certain parts of the range of motion like an example I can think of this is like your yeah your dumbbell bench press like at the very top when your um, joints are stacked and straight like you don't feel much tension on your pecs that, that and that's because that's the way your joint mechanics work whereas like if you used cables or a machine you can actually overload it at like even when your arms are like completely straight it can you can still overload that position and still get constant tension on the muscles so that's why i like cables and machines a lot um resistance bands also help a lot in terms of um keeping tension especially like i said at that very short position in the muscle um yeah that's because as the resistance band stretches you get more tension um this is good if you have limited access to equipment and you just have dumbbells or something in your home gym so having some resistance bands can definitely help with that and yeah and then last thing about like resistance profiles is that you know knowing like resistance profiles can help you um you know get the most out of whatever movement it is you're trying to do it so let's say you're doing uh like glute bridges and it's obviously it's going to be training the glutes in the shortest position because if you think about full hip extension like full like thrusting that's where your glutes are fully like shortened that's like you can't push your glutes you can't um flex your glutes any more than that and that's what the glute bridge is for is for training in the shortest position so knowing like the resistance profile of that movement you can incorporate uh, different tempos, so you can make sure that you squeeze and hold that squeeze for a couple seconds to get the most out of that movement. You know which point the muscle is strongest or weakest because all of our muscles have different leverages in terms of doing certain movements. Um, yeah, that's it's like, in ter and we, if we think about it in terms of efficiency, like we don't want one muscle trying to do a single motion. That's like inefficient and that just wastes a ton of energy. We want muscles that do that are best at doing certain movements that way we can conserve energy and we can actually move with efficiency so no resistance profiles helps you know where like the muscle is strongest and weakest and you can manipulate the exercises in order to best accommodate um what you're trying to get out of that movement and yeah it helps you incorporate pauses and changing tempos like let's say um certain exercises you want a slower tempo so you want to be lifting slower just because of the way the muscle is you don't want to get too much of like like a stretch reflex or you don't want to just like throw it into the shortened position, you want to hold it there, or you want to hold it in the lengthened position just to get the most out of that movement. So yeah, and then obviously at, um, as, an, another part of that is just knowing what exercises the sequence. So one of the things that I look at when I am um, ordering exercises when I'm programming for clients is what exercises make sense to put first. So yeah, and, and this is one of those things where, like, only recently have I, like, really dived into, like, how important is it to do certain exercises first? And 
when we talk about like if you want to maximize and get the most out of your workout program definitely do the workout and the program exercises like for me especially like i'm talking like if you're working on someone else and like they don't care what what order the exercises you're doing then by all means go for it but for my programming specifically i like to put exercises in a certain order because it allows you to get the most out of the program and obviously if you're just doing it to work out if you're still like able to progressive overload and not and still get pretty good results then by all means you can mix it up but i would recommend to stick to the my programming as much as possible if you are working with me but yeah um because i structure them a certain way and the the way i this is like a little bit of like an insider secret but one of the things i look at is um ordering exercises from how it stresses the most shortened position of a muscle to the most lengthened because if we want to talk about muscle physiology physiology and all that um your muscle is weakest when it's fully shortened and this is because of the uh, actin mouse and overlap and all that like when your muscle is like fully contracted it's not going to get much leverage to move a lot of weight so it's going to be weakest there where if it's fully lengthened it actually has more leverage to actually like uh and this is due to physics it just has more leverage to pull the muscles together this is why and a good example if you are like totally lost at this point is that let's think about doing partial reps like you know after you reach failure and you're doing partial reps like this is why you're able to do partial reps within that like last bit of range of motion where you you are in the lengthened position versus like if you're trying to get like eke out like you know the last couple inches of like let's say a bicep curl you're like halfway there and you're truly trying to like like smash your forearms into your biceps and really finish off the movement that's why it's really hard over there because your muscles don't have as much of a, a mechanical advantage or leverage in order to move those last couple inches whereas like let's say like you're at the bottom of a bicep curl you're able to pull a little bit like at least like a couple inches into that range of motion but you're not able to finish it off so yeah that's and yeah knowing like what exercise is sequence in terms of that muscle feel physiology there and also you know certain muscles are stronger in certain positions so it helps to start off in the weakest because uh, when you're first starting out a workout obviously you're going to be freshest and you're going to have the most um, energy to be the most productive at the beginning of a workout whereas like towards the end you're kind of tired you're fatigued from the previous exercises and you're only able to push as hard so yeah that's kind of a little of like of insider information in terms of like how i like to program and how I like the sequence exercises and then obviously like sometimes i don't want to put like the the least fatiguing exercises first i want to like program exercise a certain way in order to get my clients most warmed up or to for them to get the most out of a certain exercise because i want to be focusing on that movement first but yeah um i could go literally for on for days and days about this but i'm going to cut it here and if you do have any further questions if you want me to clear up anything um be sure to shoot me an email i'm gonna have it linked in the show notes it's just chanaustinb at gmail.com but yeah that about covers it i know this is this was a chock full of information and this is definitely something i'm a little bit more i don't want to say interested but this is something i've been definitely diving a bit more into for like intermediate advanced programming um just because i do want to learn more about it like programming programming for beginners is definitely a lot different than programming for intermediate and advanced lifters so this is something i'm trying to better myself at but yeah, let me know if you have any questions regarding this. Um, this was definitely a lot of information. I know it's a lot to digest. Uh, but 
yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you are enjoying the content that I'm putting out. Um, leave a written review if you can. That definitely helps a lot. Let me know that you know there's an actual person uh, leaving the review behind and lets me know what specific type of content you are enjoying and what content you do want to hear more of. But again, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next one.